Tuesday, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. We've got a heck of a show lined up for you today. I wanted to launch it off, though, with a recap of what happened on the Supreme Court today. Now, you might recall we told you that the Colorado's attempts to overthrow our 2024 election were going to be making its way in front of the Supreme Court. And today, they did. We heard arguments today and the justices were able to ask some questions. It was all very, very enlightening. Now, ultimately, the justices were actually fair, which is strange for those who are far left, but they were fair. And I know we've heard from legal experts, even those on CNN and MSNBC, saying what Colorado's doing is actually illegal and it's unconstitutional. And they didn't think it was going to be upheld. And so ultimately, yeah, we we could probably tell just based on the tone of the questions that were being thrown at Colorado all day today, that it's likely that it will be overturned and tossed out and President Trump will be on the 2024 ballot. But it's all important that we expedite this because we don't want these states printing out ballots and saying, oh, sorry, we already printed our ballots. We can't add them to the ballot. That's what they're probably going to do. And if you recall, we spoke with Jeff Clark, the former DOJ official, about these issues and how all of these blue states and uh, prosecutors are going to try to stack the Supreme Court with Trump-related cases so that they're just so overwhelmed that they won't take up any potential uh, election fraud cases or any election challenges that make their way to the Supreme Court after the November election in case you know President Trump did have any of those questions that he wanted resolved by the courts. And so it was all quite interesting. So we're going to play a couple of clips that I think you guys would really find enlightening. One comes from Justice Gorsuch, and ultimately he is just putting a sledgehammer, as Greg Price said, to Colorado's defense for what they're doing, because ultimately states don't get to decide who appears in federal elections, and that's what the justice echoed. Let's take a listen. And, and, and here we're not talking about the qualifications clause, right? Um, nobody's talking about whether he's 35 years old or natural born, whatever, right? Not, not an issue, okay? We're talking about something under uh, the 14th Amendment and Section 3. So that's where you have to find your authority, right? We find our authority in Article 2, in states' plenary power to run their elections. Federal election, but this is for a federal office. It has to come from the Constitution, and you're seeking to enforce Section 3. We're suggesting that in their broad power to determine them, to select presidential electors in any manner they see fit, they can take account of Section 3 and apply Section 3. Could they do it without Section 3? Could they disqualify somebody for, uh, a, you know, on whatever basis they wanted outside of the qualifications clause? That would run into term limits, I yeah, think. Yeah, I would think so, right? So it has to come back to Section 3. And if that's true, how does that work? given that Section 3 speaks about holding office, not who may run for office. It was a point Mr. Mitchell was making earlier, and I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to it, because it seems to me that, that you know, that, that you're asking to enforce in an election some, uh, uh, context a, a provision of the Constitution that speaks to holding office. So it's different than the Qualifications Clause, which is all about who can run and then serve, yeah. I don't know that it is different. Okay. Other qualifications for office similarly talk about eligibility for the office. There's nothing unconstitutional about a 30-year-old trying to get on the ballot. Except for this disability can be removed, right, under Section 3. That's what's different about So ultimately, it appears that the justices are doubtful that Colorado can actually prove their argument. Because, again, they are a state. They are not in charge of those who could appear on a federal election 
ballot. And as many of you know, they're trying to apply the 14th Amendment. That's what the states are trying to do, these blue states. They're trying to apply the 14th Amendment, and they're trying to argue that they can take him off the ballot because he committed an insurrection. Now, all day today, the justices reminded these lawyers that President Donald J. J. Trump was never actually charged with insurrection. Insurrection is a crime in the United States, and if he actually committed it, they would have charged him with that. We know they would have charged him with that because they've charged him with everything that he didn't actually commit. So when they sit there and are avoiding the one charge that would actually add some legitimacy to their argument regarding the 14th Amendment and whether President Donald Trump could appear on the ballot, they won't charge him, which tells you they know they have a weak argument. They know that even in a liberal D.C. jury pool, they cannot convince these, these people that that man committed an insurrection. And so it's all quite fascinating that they continue to make these arguments. But even Justice Contenji Brown Jackson was scratching her head throughout all of this, which is very telling because as many of you know, she's far right, as uh, far left, very far left. And uh, it was very interesting when she was citing the 14th Amendment and specifically that it doesn't, it doesn't acknowledge the role of a president applying to it. Let's take a listen. Again, in the context of these sort of local elections as opposed to focusing on the presidency. Well, two points on that, Justice Jackson. First is that, as I discussed earlier, there isn't the same history of states regulating ballot access at this time. So ballot access rules to restrict presidential candidates wouldn't have wouldn't have existed. They wouldn't have been raised one way or another. Right, but I'm not but, making a distinction between but, ballot access and no, anything else. Understood, yeah. but the more, yeah. the more broad point I want to make is that what is very clear from the history is, is that the framers were concerned about charismatic rebels who might rise through the ranks up to and including the presidency of the United States. But then why didn't they put the word president in the very enumerated list in Section 3? The thing that really is troubling to me is I totally understand your argument, but they were listing people that were barred, and president is not there. And so I guess that just makes me worry that maybe they weren't focusing on the president and, for example, the fact that electors of vice president and president are there suggests that really what they thought was if we're worried about the charismatic person, we're going to bar insurrectionist electors and therefore that person is never going to rise. This came up in the debates in Congress over Section 3, where uh, Reverdy Johnson said, why haven't you included pre president and vice president in the language? And Senator Morrill responds, we have. Look at the language, any office under the United States. Yes, and but doesn't that at least suggest ambiguity? And this sort of ties into Justice Kavanaugh's point. In other words, we had a, a person right there at the time saying what I'm saying. The, the language here doesn't seem to include president. Why is that? And so if there's an ambiguity, why would we construe it to, as Justice Kavanaugh pointed out, uh, uh, against democracy? Well, Reverdy Johnson came back and agreed with that reading. Any office is clear. The Constitution says about 20 times. No, I don't, I'm not going to that. So let me, let me, let me just say, you, so your point is that, it's, that there's no ambiguity. It, with, with, with having a list and not having president in it, with having a history that suggests that they were really focused on local concerns in the South, um, with this. She was very logical. And again, citing the history of the 14th Amendment. 
And what he's citing is the 14th Amendment, Section 3. You guys can read it for yourselves. It, it does not does not say anything about president. And so ultimately, the state of Colorado does not have a valid argument. They're going to find that out the hard way, especially if, if it's an anonymous decision that this rule, this, this that they're trying to kind of manipulate. I wouldn't even say this constitutional amendment because it's not. It's not what they're, what they're, but they're making it seem like it's not in the Constitution. This is where I'm getting at with this. They are trying their hardest to pretend and manipulate the Constitution as if it applies to anyone running for president, and it's not. It is not. So the state of Colorado is going to learn a very valuable lesson, and that is you cannot interfere in our democracy. You do not, you do not as a state get to decide who can run in a federal election and who cannot. And so for, for the state of Colorado and these other blue states who are looking into it, you're about to learn a very valuable lesson. That lesson is you do not interfere with our federal elections. You do not decide on who gets to run, who need to, whose name gets to appear on a, on a ballot. That is not up to the states. That is up to the American people. And that is a very valuable lesson these states are all about to learn. And I cannot wait for this unanimous decision. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm gonna say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. You could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliottphd.com slash Brianna. Gamaderm is all natural products. I use it twice a day. I use it in the morning and I also use it before I go to bed. And if you're looking to pick up a great body lotion, I use it every day. It's incredible. Again, the ingredients all in the back, it's listed. It's everything you can pronounce because guess what? It's all natural. This one's a good one. You have to get this product. Click down the link below. Gamaderm is the product name and the promo code for 10% off right now is Brianna. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them.